Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 10, season 3, The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, it, it was an ugly Warriors win, but um, other than that, what did you think of the rest of the round? Hey, Brad. Evening. I thought it was an entertaining round, mate, and yeah, it doesn't matter how ugly, as long as the result is the right one, everything's a bit sweeter than for the whole week after. So, yep. Definitely. Pretty. Yeah, it makes going to work on Monday a little bit sweeter, that's for sure. I'm sure. Um while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of round eight, and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we have set aside for ourselves. Uh, we'll then preview round nine and make our tips before ending the night, hopefully time pending, um, with a recap of the Super League. Um, so remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show, and we'll do our best to answer them for you. And we may as well just jump straight into top stories, Richie. Let's do that. All right. Um, first one's a bit it's – a, it's a new one. I've just put it on. Um, it's still not fluid. We've already spoken about it a little bit today. But there's news that Cody Nicarima is apparently signed with the Rabbitohs. Um, seems to be the, the noise coming out is that it's effective immediately. Um, there's been no official word from either Cody or the Warriors, but from one of the reporters in Australia said he's already had a medical with the Rabbitohs, which seems to think that it is an official thing. Um, but we will um, we'll get more of that as the, the time comes, I believe. But there is potential that he could be playing against the Warriors next week at Magic Round, Richie. What's, what's your take on all this rumour? Oh, look, I think... We've all sort of had in the back of our head that Cody was probably going to be on the outer, and he hasn't had the opportunities this year that he's had in the last couple of years. So with with uh, more signings coming, Metcalf, Volkman, those kind of guys, I think 
and already having Dejan Arce, I think the uh, opportunities for for Cody to have a lot of game time here is, yeah, he's probably going to f- find it hard. So moving to the Rabbitohs where they, they're looking at um, replacing Adam Reynolds and having another playmaker there, I think yeah, it'll be a decent fit for him. Yeah, it's interesting for the Rabbitohs to go from Adam Reynolds to Cody Nicarima, but um, yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I feel like he's going to end up playing the number 14 role there, which is the role he didn't want at the Warriors. So it's interesting, but um, hope he does well. Um, we yeah, As you said, we already knew he was leaving at the end of the year. If he decides if it's leaving early, um, it does make right now, it makes the, the halves depth a little bit slim. Um, yeah. if, you know, touch wood, someone gets hurt this week um, while Chanel's out, but... Yeah, I think it's probably a good move for both both sides because um, I'm I'm generally quite harsh on Cody when he's playing. So you will, um, give, give me uh, give me something. <laughs> and yes, um, Paul's just mentioned leaving early saves the Warriors some cash as well. Yeah, which yeah, it's a win for them there. And I saw you also mentioned about the origins of the show. We're going to wait till the middle segment of the show for that, Paul. So you get your your time in the in the daylight to um, have a bit of a, a chat. Um, next bit of news, um, going away from the NRL, kind of. Um, international footy, um, we talked about a few weeks ago, um, that the Kiwis and Tonga are playing um, on the 25th of June. It's also been announced that the Kiwi Ferns will play Tonga in a double header on that day. But also, on the very same day, Samoa will face the Cook Islands and Fiji will face Papua New Guinea in a double header at Campbelltown Stadium. So, um, what's your take on it, Rich? It's good to see some international footy coming back. It's almost like they've just remembered a World Cup's happening at the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you and I have already spoken plenty about it in the past. You know, we we love test footy and having international footy, and there's not nearly enough of it, especially over the past couple of seasons. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. The Kiwis versus Tonga will be a cracking game, and I'm sure they'll pull a good crowd. But even Samoa versus Cook, uh, Samoa, Cook Islands, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, all these nations always bring a lot of passion and, and flair to, to the game. So they're always enjoyable ones to watch. So, yeah, I um, I look forward to it. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good move that they're finally going to use that international window that they had set up where they refused to play internationals, um, yeah. that they're actually going to use it for its purpose while um, Australia – you know, focus on that other little game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, kind of gives everyone invested and interested in the week. Um, but continuing a little bit on the Samoa train, um, they've made some additions to their coaching staff. I know we spoke at length about the Johns brothers wanting to get involved. That hasn't happened here. Um, but coach uh, Matt Parrish and assistant coach Jeff Tooby um, have now been joined by Panthers assistant coach Andrew Webster former Leeds mentor Richard Agar and former captain Frank Pritchard um, for the upcoming Pacific Test as well as the World Cup in England. Um, what's your take on on all of that? Um, I know there's some big raps on um, Andrew Webster mm. and how he's developing um, with Ivan Cleary at the Panthers. And I think Frank um, Pritchard coming in as like a, a mentor will be really good for those Samoan boys. Yeah, there's some good cattle there coming in. Um, hopefully they can all add a bit of value to Samoa and, and 
Samoa can prosper heading into the World Cup. So we'll see how it see how it goes for them. But yeah, it can only be a good thing if, if it's not the Johns brothers. At least we've got some other good names there. Yeah, now see Simon's reminding us that there has been a lot of internationals for lower tier teams the last couple of years. I'm just a one-eyed supporter, Simon. I, if it's not the Kiwis, I um I generally don't get to pay attention to it as much as I probably should. Um, uh, it's, we haven't even discussed what's going to happen with the show when it comes to World Cup time. That's a conversation with Paul, but I'm sure we'll be very busy as well. Um, but we'll we'll get into some Warriors news again. Um, Ronald Volkman is officially signed. We talked about it last week that it was basically confirmed. Um, Nathan Brown confirmed it in the press conference after the match yeah. without an official release coming out yet. But um, he's signed a, a three-year deal um, with the Warriors from 2023. Um, it's every day during the league. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it, Paul. We'll talk about it, Paul. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it quite a bit at length last week anyway. It looks like a good signing. There's been a lot more videos and stuff coming out of his, his highlights. He, he looks... Looks a good little player. Um, do you have anything more you wanted to add from what we said last week? No, not really. I mean, it's a good, you know, it's it's good to have a young prospect. Look what we did. Look what's happened with Walsh. We brought him over as a up and a sort of up and comer that was, you know, hadn't really played first grade yet. So hopefully, a similar similar thing happens in this situation. And if he gets opportunity, he turns out to be a, a good a good one. Yeah, and with Sean Johnson there to, to lean on and help guide him through, should get him started in the right packed, fingers crossed. But you mentioned Walsh, so we may as well go straight into the next bit of news. Reese Walsh has come out and confirmed his commitment with the Warriors and saying that he will be in New Zealand next season. Um, as we've been talking at length, everyone, I think it was at the end of the show, we had already logged off last week. Paul Kent had just mentioned on NRL 360 that in the next couple of weeks, Walsh should be announced as a signing um, in Brisbane. He didn't specify if it was the Broncos or the Dolphins, um, which kind of got everyone a bit of buzzed. Um, so it's good to see he's actually come out. He's already said it. I think I mentioned it on, on Facebook or something that he was on a podcast yeah. like a month ago and said that he wasn't going anywhere and that, it's all just the media making up stories, but it's good to see him actually come out with an official statement. Um, and yeah, it's like Paul's just said there, it's uh, media rubbish to get clicks and eyeballs. It's get people talking. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I don't like it. Um, we did speak about it when uh, we were talking about Paul Kent, basically telling him to break his contract. Um Alex McKinnon um, was one today who said he spoke to yeah. Reese Walsh's manager and said that they're crazy for staying with the Warriors. Um, but it's it's a, it's about um, character, I guess. You're young. If you break your contract, it's a bad look um, in terms of future signings elsewhere. Like if you sign with the Dolphins, what's to say you don't break that contract? Not saying that he was going to. Um, he was always pretty clear that he was sticking with his contract. The only thing the Warriors have to do is make the place um, a desirable place for him to want to stay beyond his contract mm. so they can extend him. So that will be the key, um, making sure, like, I I like the young players they're bringing in and they could build a spine with Volkman, with Walsh, um, with Metcalf and all the likes. So there's enough stuff there. Adam Fenor Blake's extended his time too, so he's got a big forward to do some hard work for him up the front. You just 
as much as you don't want to make it a one team, a one player team, you've got to make it pretty for those superstars to want to stay. Um, I think Newcastle was given all of Newcastle to Ponga to stay there right now. So, um, yeah, good news. It, it's at least should stop the media making these reports for at least a week. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on him um, making his desire to stay um, known publicly? Yeah, I liked it. Um, he he kind of alluded to it when he was um, when he came out and spoke about it that you know a lot of these rumours his teammates started asking him questions about it. So um, I'm glad he's come forward and, and you know said he's going to stay on next year and, and set it up front because you don't want it becoming a distraction for the team. Yeah, and I see um, we've got Simon, Sonny, and Mark here. All welcome, everyone. Um, yeah, we, we've already talked about the Cody Nicarima part at the start. Sorry, Sonny. Um, so, yeah, he's he's apparently going to the bunnies. Um, that was all I really had for the news. So, we'll unfortunately, we, we've still got an injury ward at Naughty Boy Corner segment. So, we'll go straight into the injury ward, starting with Ash Taylor. Um, he's had to medically retire at the age of 27 due to a lingering hip injury that are re-aggravated in this first game for the Warriors against the Titans. Um, listening to an interview with him, he, he basically said um, he was at the playground with his kids the day after the game and he couldn't really play with them or anything, and that's when he knew it was wrong. He went and saw multiple doctors, and they all basically told him the same thing, which was even getting surgery. It wasn't going to let him perform as a professional athlete. Um Tough, tough news for him at such a young age. Uh, I was really hoping his start with the Warriors was going to give him um, a chance to redeem himself after being criticised so heavily towards the end of his run with the Titans. But what's your take um, on Taylor having to call it a day? I just, yeah, I feel for him because 27, he's a, he's still a baby, really. He's, it's, he's still very young. Um, but, I know, you know, he had a few years in his career and made some good money out of the Titans. So at the end of the day, health comes first and, and, you know, enjoying time with your family. So um, sometimes you just got to make those decisions for your, for your own health and future. So all the best to him. Yeah. It sounds like he's just finished a degree in um, early childhood teaching and he's looking at becoming a a teacher's aide in Toowoomba um, and looking at starting to coach lower grades and seeing if coaching is something he's interested in. So, yeah, wish him nothing but the best, and um, hopefully everything works out for him. Uh, we'll keep the Warriors train a little bit um, going on with Chanel Harris-Tavita. Um, he ruptured a testicle in the first half against the Storm, and he's had surgery on it, and they said he'll be out it for three to four weeks. Um, the Warriors put a picture of him at, back at training with a cricket ball and a rugby ball. Um, but it's, I, I didn't, we, we talked about it quite a bit last week. I didn't have a warrior to highlight in the Warriors storm game. Had I known what happened to him in the first half, I probably would have given it to him for the fact mm-hmm. that he, he played on and he was one of the players that I couldn't really say wasn't giving it a hundred percent. So um, horrible, horrible injury. And it was given to him by Josh Curran for, <laughs> Or people in a in a shock accident, but um, what's your take first on the injury and then um, his ability to play on? Oh yeah, look, we know about Chanel um, for his size, very 
very tough defensive player, um, very ballsy player, if you will. Um, yeah, the fact that that happened and he played on was absolutely nuts. You're hitting us with all the puns there. Well done. <laughs> um, um, continuing with the injury train, Manly are set to lose Brad Parker. He got a partial ACL tear. And Jacob Saab, who had a toe ligament injury, um, but they've said both of them are going to be at least three weeks um, out. Big losses for my mighty Manly. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, yeah, you're right, Brad. You know, a couple of the um, real staples of the Manly backline. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, hurt, it'll hurt them, but hopefully hopefully for you, for your sake, your second team, not, not too badly. Yeah, fingers crossed. And yeah, Mark said his ability to play on was insane. Um, yeah, I, I can't even uh, I can't even begin to imagine it. And um, our last injury, um, there were a few little ones, but I've tried to go for the ones that I think were the biggest impact. Um, David Fafida is going to be out for at least a month after suffering a grade two MCL strain. Uh, massive loss for the Titans. I, I know we've been very critical of Fafida <laughs> on this show, but um, there's no denying that even if he only turns up for 20 minutes, he's deadly in that 20 minutes so um how do you think the titans are gonna gonna go without him for the next month yeah they're gonna miss those couple bursts of game aren't they uh, yeah <laughs> uh yeah like i don't think he's he's not the player that dominates the ball the whole game but he does offer them a lot you know in certain moments of games where he could just come out of nowhere and bust five or six tackles and score score an important try so in that sense, uh, the Titans will miss him. Yeah, and Mark, I forgot to mention him, so Mark's helped us out here and done our job for us. Payne Haas is also out, um, yeah. which is a massive blow for the Broncos. Um, he, he, he's he been injured the last two weeks and done his best, um, give him full credit for that. Um, but yeah, massive loss. I, I'm going to have to remember that. I think he's in my fantasy team. So I might have to go make changes after the show tonight. <laughs> Um, that was, yeah, so that was all the injuries now into the part that I love the most, which is Naughty Boy Corner, which is coming up right in time for Sonny's comments about um, and, uh, about Carl Lawton. But Carl Lawton has been given four weeks for a spear tackle. Um, we were go I was going to cover it a bit more in the actual game, but since Sonny's brought it up now, um, I feel like I might get in trouble. So I'll let you go first. What is your take on Gus and Freddie? <laughs> Playing down Lawton's tip tackle and the red card. I feel like for a lot of those old school league heads like Gus and Freddie um, and, and Brad and Brad back in <laughs> back in their day, it was a tackle like that was probably applauded. Um, but nowadays, with the you know anything near the head or dangerous, putting someone in a dangerous position where they might hurt their head and neck, they. That's got to be a send off. Um, it has to be because he has tipped them. He has been in danger of hitting his head on the ground. And if the NRL are going to take um, head contact and things of that like seriously, then it has to be a send off. Now, disagree with me, Brad. Go on. Yeah, you're soft, mate. You're soft. <laughs> um, no, I watching it live, I, I've, I've learned from the error of my ways after being told off by many people um, in my. Um, in my chats that I had when it was happening, I thought it was a Simbin. I, mm. I didn't, I thought red, red card was, was a bit too much, but that's that old school thinking, like you said, um, mm. in the new age. Um, 
but it also makes an interesting proposition for what Mark's just mentioned it, but the next player I'm about to talk about. Um, so yeah, I will say red card. I thought, I thought yellow might have been um, more than enough, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll live with it. But Jack Whiten has got a two-week ban for a spear tackle on Reese Walsh. He didn't get a yellow. We didn't get a red or anything. I've heard the the argument, the difference between the two was the fact that there was someone else in the tackle, but it's still the same tackle, um, in my opinion. So I thought if Lawton gets punished, why didn't Whiten get punished? Mm. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the severity of it probably wasn't quite as forceful as Lawton's tackle. So I think maybe, in my opinion, Whiten's one should have been a 10-minute sit-down. Yeah, um, that was my initial feelings on that one. Um, looking at the Lawton one, I thought red straight away, but the Whiten one, I think, wasn't quite as bad. But he should have at least had a had a ten minute sit down. But uh, I guess the only difference was the the team that Whiten was playing against. Yeah, um, but yeah, I would sit there. I'd say yeah, red for Lawton, yellow for Whiten is how it should have been. Yeah. Um, Losing Whiten for two weeks is going to be massive for the Raiders. And Sonny's just mentioned about NRL 360 exposed Gus and Freddie um, because there was a a spear tackle done on Freddie Fittler back in the day, and they both came out and were against it, saying they need to get this out of the game yeah. when it happened to Freddie. And now that Freddie's watching, it's a bit different. Um, so yeah, it's it's always a bit fun there. The last person that got a ban, I'm going to butcher his name, and I apologize, um, Billy. To he's from the Bulldogs. You've got it there. Can do you know how to say that name? Sacricus. Sacricus. We'll go with that. Apologize a lot. Apologize a lot, Billy. There's a lot of letters that don't seem to look like they should go together there. Um, terribly sorry, and I apologize. Um, but he's got a one-week ban for a dangerous contact. Interesting fact. I so Mark said it is pronounced Sacricus. I've probably even butchered that. See. I'm a, I'm a writer, not a speaker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting fact with Billy here is he could have escaped with a fine, but since he's not in the Bulldogs' top 30, he's not subjected to a monetary penalty, which is a, a it's just like twisting the knife even further for the Bulldogs, where they had mm. to use guys outside of their 30, then they get punished more because of it. Um, he should have put him, uh, Sir Rick as. Sir Yeah. Here we go. Sir Okay, cool. Thank you for clearing that up, Mark. Um, yeah, tough, tough for them there. But now we get into the the money, the money, all the money fines. We've got a couple. Matt Lodge has been fined $1,000 for leading with his elbow. Um, Josh Mansour got $750 for contrary conduct. Tavita Totola got a $1,000 fine for dangerous contact. And Jack Johns got a $1,000 fine for dangerous contact. Um was there anything you wanted to talk about about those? Um, I, uh, I I will take my um, being soft thing off. I think Matt Lodge was very lucky yeah. with his leading elbow. Um, I, I thought, especially with it being Lodge, I thought he would have been sent to the bin. Um, so I think he's very lucky that he's only got a fine here because as soon as it happened, I thought we were going to see him up for a month or something. Mm. Um and yeah, Mark said, and then Nelson doesn't get penalties for leading with elbows. Yeah, um, it depends on who you play for, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly right. Same can be said for uh, Jared Wadia Hargraves. He, when it comes to 
I saw for Solomona and Wadia Hargraves, they call it running with the bumper bars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it didn't look pretty. Um, but yeah, no one was hurt, so we'll move on. So we may as well jump straight into reviewing the games, um, Richie. So I, I will hand the floor to you and um, let you do your thing. No worries. So the first game of the round, the Broncos upsetting the Sharks 16-7 to at Suncorp Stadium. Three tries to one for the Broncos, Tony Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, and Kurt Capewell. Good to see I got Herbie's name this correct this time around. Uh, and only one one try for the Sharks, Matt Moylan, in the 19th minute. So not much doing in the first half, Brad. It was 7-6 to six at halftime, and both teams looking like they're struggling for a bit of cohesion. But I thought the second half, the Broncos owned that second half in particular, their centre pairing was really good. Katoni and, and Herbie played really well. What yeah. I thought it was an impressive outing for the Broncos here. Um, it was all about the defence. Um, yeah. they, they managed to keep Talakai quiet. They they effectively did um, what the uh, coach uh, couch coaches in my house were doing when we watched Sharks game saying, this is how you stop Talakai. Mm. Um I live, I live with South Africans, as you know, Richie, but yes. the audience doesn't. Um, and they love to remind me of all the times South Africa were able to stop John Olomu. Yeah. Um, going, going to Union Talk here, and he said basically the same thing. Um, give him no time, no space, and throw numbers at him. Mm. And he can't do anything. And that's exactly what the Broncos did here. Katoni Staggs was always right up in his grill as soon as he was there. He had one little brief moment, but um, Katoni was able to hold him up over the line. And I think, yeah, in terms of the battle between Stags and Talakai, I think Stags went away with an easy victory there. Um, in terms of the rest of the Broncos, though, I thought Adam Reynolds directed the team well. Yeah. Um, he had to go off for an HIA, um, and while he was off, the Broncos didn't lose their shape. Um, I think largely in part to um, Tamara Martin, who stepped up in his absence. Mm. Um, wasn't a lot of scoring, but I think the three tries that the Broncos scored were well executed. Um, and then the Sharks, they they managed one try, and it was off a bit of individual brilliance from Matt Moylan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not a perfect performance by Brisbane, but I think it's a step in the right direction for them and their fans. Um, winning against the top four sides, nothing to sneeze at. And um, I think the Sharks will be very disappointed. I think they made too many errors, which will be an ongoing theme um, in this round. Um, and they seem to just struggle against the uh, Broncos' defense. Um, I think Nico Hines, he's still learning his role. He's doing a hell of a job. But I think um, a more experienced half may have started to put kicks behind the rushing defense um, to either catch them off guard or unsettle their structure so they're not always wanting to rush forward. Um, it's things you learn. Again, it's um, – it's yeah, thanks, Paul. It's, um, it's a prop trying to tell a halfback how to do his job. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I, I think we might see a, a bit of a bounce back from the Sharks this week, Richie, which isn't good for us. I was just going to say, Brad, again, uh, you're loving your playmaking talk this year. I, yes. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I just hope that um, the Warriors took notes on how to contain Talakai um, and and implement, implement a bit of that this weekend. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Friday game, we had... Yeah. The Titans against the Panthers. The Panthers getting up 18-4. to four. Um, 
Three tries to one for the Panthers, Isaac Tago, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, and one try for the Titans, Greg Mazu. Four nil to the Titans at halftime, Brad. I think the Titans gave the Panthers a pretty decent scare in the first half, and and, uh, the Panthers had to dig deep to get this one. I was thinking cricket score before the game. (laughs) Yeah, I I was too. Another error-filled night. Both teams made 11 errors each. Um, Titans, yeah, I thought they had the edge in that first half, um, scoring the only try. Panthers did go across over the line um, with Dylan Edwards, but it got taken away. Um, I thought there was a massive effort from Big Tino for for the Titans. He's been Mm. outstanding um, for them basically since he signed. Um, I'm not sure if the Titans switched off at halftime or if the Panthers just woke up. Um, But they just let the Panthers back into the match in that second half and then the Panthers do what the Panthers do. Mm. Um, Panthers, though, they did make a few uncharacteristic errors and silly choices on attack, which I'm not used to seeing from them. Um, But, yeah, I'm sure those are errors that they won't make again. I think um, Isaac Targo, there was a few times where he decided to go it alone. Um, if he had mm. looked for the outside man, I think they might have added some more points to the tally. Um, but yeah, second half, Nathan Cleary just took control and the rest is history. Scored a nice try, set up a nice one for Luai. Um, I still think the Panthers are at another level, but if they bring that first half effort um, type of performance to Magic Ground next week against the Storm, um, they may get their first defeat, but I'm sure the Eels are going to look at trying to get that scout first. Yeah, the Panthers, I think, they just looked 5 10% off, much like the Sharks. Um, and, and the, you know, it, you don't have to be too far off in, in the NRL and it, it levels the playing field. Um, just 51 missed tackles for the Panthers too, along with the yeah. – you, you touched on the 11 errors. It's, those aren't Panthers-like stats. So, um, yeah, they'll have a stiffer test this week and we'll see how they'll bounce back. Uh, the next game was the Rabbitohs getting up 40-22 to 22 over Manly's mistress team, the Manly Seagulls. Seven tries to four for the Rabbitohs, Keon Kolomatangi, Alex Johnston, Isaiah Tass, Tom Burgess, Cody Walker, Cam Murray, and Blake Taff with the tries. For Manly, Kieran Foran, Jason Saab, Christian Tuipulotu, and Daly Cherry Evans getting the tries, but... This game swung pretty heavily early on with the with the send off, obviously in the eighth minute. But I thought I actually thought Manly fought pretty well in this one, Brad, for for the large portion of the match, and they were pretty brave um, having to send off that early. It could have been a bit worse. What do you think? Yeah, um, we we obviously picked the Rabbitohs to win this before the game started. But as soon as that red card happened, I it was like I oh, put the cue in the rackets over. But to the Seagulls credit, I think they showed a lot more fight um, than I anticipated um, with a man down for essentially the whole game. Um, 72 minutes with 12 men. Um, they they kept in the hunt, uh, but eventually the Rabbitohs just overtook them. Um, for Manly, before I move on, I think Josh Schuster had a pretty okay return. Um, mm. He forced a few passes he probably shouldn't have. He still looks a bit unfit, but he's essentially had no preseason um and this is the first game back so match fitness will slowly come back and i think he'll add another dimension to their attack which is um always good for my mighty manly um yeah i think they didn't look that bad overall i just think the numbers game got some in the end um the rapidos 
love making errors. They made 17, yeah. um, which is far too much for a team that's aiming for a top four spot. Um, but they just kept plugging away in this game. They knew they had the, the advantage and um, they started to pull away. They scored some nice tries in that second half. Mm. Um, but you can still see they're figuring out how to play without Latrell Mitchell. Um, I do like what I see from Blake Taff. And I think he needs to be in this side when Mitchell returns. I just don't know where you put him. Um, I've heard some people say you put Latrell back at center and leave Taff at fullback. I'm not sure. I'm not going to offer an opinion because I don't have one. Um, I think Rabbitohs will be happy with the win, but they just need to show the ball more respect, um, as I think they might have lost to Manly here if they had the 13 men. Yeah, could quite well have. I, I, I kind of agree. I like the look of Taff, and I think, he looks every bit of first grader, and, and maybe you could move the trail to centre um, to accommodate, but I think it would have to be a, a roaming centre, kind of like what we saw in State of Origin, where him and Tommy Trevojevich played centre, but would would get involved and go on field and take get lots of touches still. Um, maybe that could be the way, but yeah, we move yeah. on. The Warriors versus the Raiders. The Warriors getting up. 21 to 20 in golden point over the Raiders, our second golden point win this year. Three tries each for the Warriors, Adam Pompey, Viliami Valea, and Ewan Aitken. For the Raiders, Matthew Tomoko, Hudson Young, and Jack Whiten. Um, the only difference in the score being Sean Johnson's golden point field goal. Um, ugly, ugly game, Brad. <laughs> I mean, hard, very hard to watch. The Warriors made 18 errors. And and um, only completed twenty five or forty three sets. Quite how we managed to scrape a victory with those numbers, I'm not sure. But I guess maybe it was because we were playing the faders, and uh, yeah, play, played yeah. out played out that that we ended up with the win. Luckily for us, yeah, another heart stopper. Um, yeah. it's it's great to support a team like the Warriors. I'm I'm going to die very young. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's all their fault. But yeah, to be honest, we were talking throughout the match. Um, both teams were just throwing the ball away left and right. And um, Raiders took advantage in that first half. Um, I went into halftime reasonably confident due to the, the recent history of the Raiders and their ability or inability, I should say, not to play in the, the second half. And that's what happened here. Um, Dejan Arce, um, we did talk about him last week saying we don't even know who this kid is, but... Um, yeah, we've got one. He got thrown straight into the into the fire, having to play in the halves. And I thought he was solid. I thought he yeah. had a great debut. The only thing I would, the only blemish I'd give him was his forty twenty attempt. Yeah. Um, but one one bad thing out of the whole performance isn't bad. And um, I know it's only one match, so we can't go and give him the key to the city or anything. Um, but I think he looks like a kid that should be in the seventeen long term. Um, Jack Wyden's tackle we talked about on Reese Walsh. I think it should have been um, should have been a yellow card as well, but it wasn't. Warriors' defense was patchy, um, but they held firm on the goal line, which I think was integral in that second-half comeback. Um, as much as the Raiders were throwing um, the ball away as much as they could, um, the few chances they had, the Warriors were able to, to mop it up. Um, going to the Raiders, though, the, the confidence must be at an all-time low right now. Um it looks like Ricky Stewart's made some wise changes this week, at least. Yeah. I, I think if CNK was playing fullback um, and the week just gone, the Warriors don't win that game. Um, 
I think I think Jordan Rapana um was just um yeah he just didn't have a great night as for Wack. Um but yeah I know I saw Simon mention it a bit earlier but um milking's been the talk of the the town um after a lot of people have voiced their their displeasure at Matt Lodge for staying down from a head high um earning the Warriors the penalty that essentially forced the game into golden point um sorry guys how could you not give me head, heads off about milking I could, the, the overlays and pictures of, around milking that I could have got I just um oh, <laughs> sorry. missed opportunity <laughs> sorry um I'm going to go with it first because I'll let you do the rebuttal. Um, but I don't agree with staying down. Like it was technically high. You know, I say there's no such thing as a head high tackle. Um, by the letter of the law, it was. Unfortunately, the Warriors weren't going to get that penalty. I've seen some guys um, that do podcasts in Australia say it was going to be a penalty anyway. They're not Warriors fans. They don't understand that that's not how it works. Um, so I. I don't like seeing players milk, but I would rather see the Warriors win. So I'm very hypocritical. Um, but I'm going to level it up because I believe that Tom Starling milked when Sean Johnson scored his try. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're, they're, they're even there. I think both were penalties anyway. So Sean shouldn't have got that try because of the letter of the law. But Lodge should have got the penalty for the head high. And it's more a reflection on the referees, the fact that both players had to milk to get it. Um, so I don't like to see it, but uh, don't hate the player, hate the game, really. It's it's how it is. It's how the game is now. Um, so, yeah, what's your take on it? I Yeah, not a fan of the milking. I think you and I both are in that same. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Very football-like. Um, saying that, right in front of the post, a minute left, two, there's, no way that, yeah. there's no way they're going to blow that penalty. Um, the only way that was going to be a penalty is if the bunker called it. Um, yeah. So when you get those that kind of situation, it's no wonder players lie down. Um, yeah. Ironically, last year we were talking about the Raiders milking penalties against us, and all yeah. sorts of jo jokes were being made about their sponsor Canberra Milk. Um, yeah. yeah. It swings and roundabouts. I don't like it, but um, I'm not upset with it because it got us the win. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and yeah, there's just got to be a lot of soul searching at the Raiders. I, I feel for them. Um, they're not a team I dislike or anything. There's really only one team that I dislike, as we know. But um, I just don't like. I I don't obviously I don't want to see them get the win over the Warriors because I want the Warriors to win. But um, I just don't like seeing they they got some good players there, and I don't know what's happening. Um, they it was happening last year as well. So there's something going on where mm. they seem to mentally switch off at halftime. And then in the first half, they still weren't playing that great either um, with all the errors. It was, yeah, as I said earlier, it was essentially both teams doing their best to lose, but the Warriors got them um, at the end. Um, and, yeah, Sean Johnson, I know there's a lot of criticism thrown his way right now. I still think he's lacking in some confidence and coming back from an injury, but it's two golden point games and he's he's got two wins for the Warriors, which are two wins they most likely wouldn't have got last year when he wasn't there. Yeah, look, I think you put Cody Nakarima in, in Sean Johnson's jersey in that situation. Would he have got, taken that opportunity? I think last year goes to prove that he wouldn't. Um, yeah. And that's why we brought Sean over. And, yeah, Sean wasn't flash other than that that moment at the end. He tried to throw cut-out balls to the touch judges. Um, but the whole team was like that. I mean... The, the two times we scored tries in the first half, we gave them straight back by dropping the ball in front of our yeah. line um, off the next set after points. So um, I think the whole team just needs to get their basics right. Uh, we could have made that game a lot easier to win. I think a lot yeah. of that was on us. Definitely. Any, anything else, Brad? Should we move on? No, let's move on. I don't want to hurt Simon any more than we have to. Yeah, good call. Um, so the next game was the Bulldogs getting a – Big upset win, 16-12 over the Roosters. My tip for Premiers at the start of the year, um, losing to last year's Wooden Spooners. There you go. Three tries apiece. The Fox, Josh Adokar grabbing a double, and Jaden Ockenborg grabbing one after a lovely rainbow pass from Matt Dufty. And three tries for the Roosters, Joseph Suwali, James Tedesco, and Satili Tupanua. Only difference being zero from three off the tee from the Roosters. I think Adam, I think Adam Kieran having a bit of a tough night with the boot. Um, I did quite enjoy the bit of um, karma or justice at the end where um, Joey Manu and Joseph Swali looked to be rubbing it in a bit when they looked to have scored a game winner, only for the bunker to rub it out. I found that quite comical. What do you make of this one, Brad? Yeah. Um, yeah. I this is my upset of the round. I know the next game was probably a big surprise for everyone as well, but this one here, I wouldn't have thought in a million years the Bulldogs would get over the Roosters. Um, but yeah, they um, they took all their chances and got the job done. Um, Roosters were very disappointing. Um, yeah. Matt Burden and Josh Adokar are starting to find their feet with the Bulldogs. Um, Adokar looks to be enjoying footy again, especially getting that double. Um, and I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to see a double from him this season. It wasn't pretty um, for the Bulldogs, but they showed fight and put on a, a decent team performance, I think is probably the best way they, they worked as a unit. And while I don't see them going on a run by any means, this should have them avoiding the spoon for sure. Um, Roosters, I just don't know what's happening with this club. Um, I think they were lucky to get some of those tries. There were a few forward passes that were missed. Yeah. Um, and um, if they knew how to kick goals, they probably would have won this game just on the, the conversions they missed. Um, 
But yeah, they look like they had that match winner, as you said, towards the end, got very cocky, which is something I don't like seeing. And it's something the Roosters love to do. Sometimes they get a bit arrogant. Um, but yeah, the bunker took it away, rightly so, because it wasn't a try. Mm. Um, another team like the Raiders, another team that needs to do some soul searching um, this year with the Roosters. They're miles away from the impressive team we saw last year that was severely under strength. They kind of got all their stars back and they're falling apart. So, mm. um, yeah, disappointing, but good to see the Bulldogs get a win. Who do you put? Who do you put that win down to for the Bulldogs, Brad? Was it Phil Gould or Trent Barrett? I put it down to the players. <laughs> yeah, uh, those coaches do nothing, Matt. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I think it was the players. I think they they knew pressure was on on them and on their coach, and I think they responded, which is what you want your team to do if you're a coach. Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I did enjoy that one. That was good for the Bulldogs. Nice to see them get a win over over a big club like that. Yeah. The next game on Saturday night was the Cowboys with a big win, thirty-five to four over the Eels. Um, didn't see that this one coming, Brad. I mean, I thought it'd be a cracker game, but I didn't see a, a one-sided affair like this, especially in Cowboys' favour. But maybe we are looking at a real deal team this year. Six tries to one. That's how that's how lopsided it was. Kyle felt with a hat trick. Tom Dearden. The hammer with a try, even though I think his one was off a forward pass. And Scott Drinkwater, who had a pretty outstanding game, I thought he grabbed one at the end. Um, only one try for the cow uh, for the Eels, Hayes Perham. Break this one down for me, Brad. This was pretty one-sided. 15-0 at halftime to the Cowboys, and the Eels not scoring until the 63rd minute. So, um, yeah, this was this was pretty one-sided. Yeah, I think if you went, um, if you told a, a Parramatta Eels fan before the season started that at this point of the year they'd have three losses and two of them would be against the Tigers and the Cowboys, they would have laughed at you. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's not a good look for them, but I might have to backtrack on my um, bullish opinion on the Cowboys last week. Um, they're looking good. Fords are doing the work up front, Harbs directing well, and the backs finishing. Like I said, Scott Drinkwater continues to shine every week. Kyle Felt mm. had a good night out. Um, the Cowboys' defense was great as well. The Eels didn't really fire too many shots. Um, but, yeah, the fact that the Cowboys only let the Eels, who were known for scoring tries, even in defeat, um, let them only score one try, it's a good indication that their structure's working. Mm. Chad Townsend celebrating his 200th game in style. Yep. Um, Ruben Cotter. He played 80 minutes. Um, he's been really good for them this year. He's been one of their better players. And he was a guy that not many people thought would even get a look in as an interchange, let alone as a starter. Um, for the Eels, Ryan Madison, I thought, played played all right. He got, I think he got like 200 metres or something. Mm. Um, amazing effort for him. Um, I know there's been a lot of angry Eels fans out there calling, um, calling out Brad Arthur for picking his son in the halves and moving Dylan Brown um, out to the centers. I, I get it. Um, I feel, but I feel for him because they had a lot of injuries and they were doing what they could with what they had. They've gone back this week. Um, his son's not even in the squad and they've got their, um, they got Opacek back who was the player that was out 
Um, so I think if they didn't have those injuries, I don't think it would have happened. But it was the same thing last week, and they won, so the fans weren't complaining. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Cowboys look legit, and I think it's a big wake-up call for the Eels because they have to face the Panthers this week. Yeah, you touched on it, Brad. The Eels have had um, quite a lot of injuries as well, and, and to rejig your spine like that and move Dylan Brown out to centre... He is a very capable centre, and you know you can't really blame Brad Arthur with the cards he played with what with the hand he had, you know. Um, but yeah, I, if any, more than anything, I was just really impressed with the Cowboys. Um, I think they they might be. I wouldn't be surprised after what I've seen lately that if they're knocking on the door of the top eight come end of year. The the Sunday game, the Storm putting another fifty points. On the Knights, who for the second week straight have gone without scoring a try. So that one was 50-2. to two. The Storm, yeah, carrying on with their with their um, high-scoring high ways. Nine tries to zip, so, uh, yeah. For the, just, for the Storm, yeah. I'm just just dreading, start, mate. Just I'm dreading start. reading this. Olam, Coates, Hughes, Olam again, Coates, Coates, Moiroa, Meany, and Munster. There you go. Quick, quick run through there. Nine tries to zip. Last names. Um, six, six from nine off the tee for Pappenhausen, and only one penalty goal for Jake Clifford. This is why I tipped them for the spoon, Brad. Um, yeah. <laughs> after two weeks, um, we were sitting back, going, "Wow, um, where's this come from?" Clifford looks great. Um, Clifford doesn't look so great anymore. I think he put the first kickoff out on the full. He kicked another one out on the full. Um, this is all within yeah. the first sort of five minutes, and after ten minutes, I don't even think the storm, the knights, had touched the ball. So the writing was oh, yeah. very much I've, on the wall. I've got a stat uh, on that. So you, you do cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So the writing was very much on the wall from the outset, and yeah, much like last week against the Warriors, you don't need to give the storm the, the opportunity because they'll take it and more. Yeah. Um, I think it's still disappointing that they scored less points in this whole game than they did in the second half against the Warriors. But <laughs> yeah. um, the stat I had, the Knights made 52 tackles before they touched the ball. Um, and that, the, first, the first time they touched this, the ball in this game was the 12th minute. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't even know. It just rinse and repeat what we said last week about the Storm, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just on fire. Um they look scarier right now than the Panthers, um, mm. I will say. Um, you, you can say the quality of opposition um, the last two weeks hasn't been that great. Um, who we got? They got the Dragons this week. Um, so I'm really hoping we see a record here um, because that would just make my weekend. Um, this loss was the third biggest defeat at home for the Knights. Um, yeah, Jake Clifford had a night to forget. He got hooked. In the mm. second half, they, they took him off. Um, but, yeah, I think it was all Storm. Um, the usual suspects, uh, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Xavier Coates is really finding his feet there. Nick Meany looks great. It, it's it's funny to think that um, he was unwanted by the Bulldogs and he's definitely blossoming since he left. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know what else you can say. Knights uh, just looked horrible, lost. Um, and, um, yeah. Storm just look really, really dangerous. Yeah, obviously, the same as last week, the Knights look 
terrible everywhere, attack, defense. Um, and I, I don't get me wrong, I really dislike the Storm. Um, but, man, they play an attractive brand of league. Um, they've got everything, tempo, second phase. They can grind you out if they want to, but they haven't needed to the past couple of weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, the... Paul. Sorry, Paul, we will move on. Final game. Final, <laughs> Final game. game. Brad's favourite team, the Dragons, getting the win 12-6 over the Tigers. Two tries to one for the Dragons, Ben Hunt and Jaden Sullivan, and one try to Luke Brooks for the Tigers. Bit of an arm wrestle, this one, Brad. Not the most yeah. attra- attractive game, but um, that's a Sunday evening game for you, isn't it? Yeah, ugly game. Um, I thought it was going to be another one of those games with, that the Tigers almost had like a month ago where there'd be no try scored. Um, with that 2-0 scoreline and um, taking taking uh, almost an hour before the first try was scored. Mm. Uh, ben Hunt, I thought, had another strong outing for the Dragons. Um, he said after the match that Anthony Griffin ripped them to shreds at halftime, and um, it appeared to do the job to get them back. I wouldn't say it was a strong second half. It was just it was good enough to get the job done. Um, the Dragons' attack does just look out of sorts. For large stretches, they... They managed to like put some stuff together um, to get some points across the board. They're on a three-game winning streak. Um, yeah. That's going to obviously stop this week when they face the Storm. Um, but, yeah, I think the Tigers look the better outfit for most of the match. And they were piling on pressure, but they were letting themselves down with errors. So they, they were getting some good momentum, and then they drop the ball or they make a silly pass. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. After the Dragons scored those two tries in quick succession, um, I give full credit to the Tigers for keeping that fight. I praised them so much last year for the fight. Um, They're showing it again, which is great to see. Um, They didn't quit. They got that try through Luke Brooks to make it still a contest, but it was just a little too little too late. Yeah, and that that ends the Tigers' little mini win streak there, Yeah, which is a shame, but that was the round. Cool. Thanks for that, Richie. So um, before we move into questions, we'll bring up the the tipping comp and the ladder. Um, So we've got the tipping comp here. Richie and I, since Richard copied me, we both got five out of eight last week. Um, Simon, um, with all the the guts he had, he he made some bold calls. Unfortunately, it didn't work for him. It was very close, um, but he got three out of eight. So the record still stands uh, me leading 42 out of 64. Richie, one behind at 41 to 64. And Simon, 38 from 64. Um, so a little bit behind us now, but I'm sure you're going to make that up this week. Um, so you got the ladder there too, Paul, before we get into the questions. There we go. So still not really too much changed. Um, Panthers first, Storm second. Cowboys uh, sitting at third. Never thought I'd say that. Um, and Sharks rounding out the top four and four spot. Eels, despite that embarrassing loss, are still at fifth. Rabbitohs are sixth. Roosters, despite being horrible at the moment, are seventh. And Manly have got to the eighth. They've still got seven more spots to go for my prediction, but they're getting there. Um, Dra- uh, the Broncos are ninth. Dragons, unfortunately, are tenth. Warriors are eleventh. Then there's a big buffer um, between points between eleventh and twelfth. There's four points between the the Warriors and the Titans at 12th. Um, Tigers, 13th. Raiders, 14th. Bulldogs, 15th. And Knights, Richards predicted Wooded Spoon dead last. Um, 
So I, I would say there's not too many surprises there other than the Cowboys for me. Yeah, I think we should um, say a big you're welcome to the Cowboys for giving for them our... Well, no, for giving them our coach and some of our players, Hiku and and Townsend and guys like that. So you're welcome, Cowboys. Yeah. Our, our yeah. winning culture's rubbed off on you. <laughs> yeah, so we, we may as well get straight into the answer, uh, the questions. Um, Paul, did you want to just give everyone a rundown of how the standoff got started since you're the 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 eventer? Yeah, I can try that. So uh, when um, Radio Sport basically got shut down uh, at the beginning of um, sort of COVID, I thought, right, within sort of half an hour of hearing that, I thought, well, how can I set up a radio station in 24 hours? Um, and uh, essentially New Zealand Sport Radio was um, was born out of uh, the drive, driving mall, which was just rugby before that. And I tried to go multi-sport. So we had a, um, a daily morning news sports show for, uh, well, every year, basically. Um, and uh, for some reason, I reached out to Brad on the 21st of April saying, hey, I'm in the process of creating an online sports radio station. Uh, would you like to be, would you like to do a league show? And he said, yes. Um, and I had another guy who was a friend of um, Stephen Harris, who you probably know of um, uh, the Driving War show for people who have been around. Um, and so he started off with Sanjay and Brad. Uh, Sanjay then had to uh, uh, drop off for, um, various personal reasons um, and um, Brad said oh I've got a mate who could come on and uh, and dragged Richie along basically is how it how it came about um, why I reached out to Brad I really can't remember now um, as to how I found you um, but um, I'm, I'm famous everywhere it's <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse but um, yeah. so uh, so yes yeah, so I can't it's, uh, um, but yeah but basically I was trying to set up I set up a basketball we had a basketball show we had a football show a cricket show, um, even uh, and, and a sports quiz. In fact, you boys came on the sports quiz from memory. Um, but those have all sort of fallen by the wayside. And with uh, SENZ having stood up, clearly I was not going to be running a uh, the the New Zealand um, sports talk radio station. So I uh, kind of um, scaled it back to the ones that we enjoy doing, basically, which is the driving driving mall. And uh, you guys do this because you enjoy doing it. And so it's all because we. We enjoy doing it, and uh, that's kind of how it came about, and that's why it's still running. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it was a Facebook, like a Facebook bloggers group or something, a New Zealand bloggers group. Ah, that yes. I, that's right. I think you you put a question out there: Is there anyone that does sport here? And then someone tagged me and said he he seems to bug us every week with league stuff. So <laughs> I think that's that's how it got started there. But yeah, um, it's been enjoyable. Um, and yeah, long may it continue until Richie gives up and I have to find another partner. Um, because I know you guys probably didn't enjoy when I was doing it solo for all that time. Um, it's not as exciting when there's one person staring at a camera. Yeah, um, and, and me trying to fake that I, that I would actually know something about Lee. Yeah. Um, as, as, as well. So yeah, that's, um, that's sort of how we came about. So it may, but if, if anyone's here thinks, hey, they'd like to do a sports show and uh, uh, just, just want a platform to put it on, then um, I'm happy to have a chat. Clearly, there is no money in this, folks. Let's, let's be very, very clear about this. That <laughs> You do this because you love it and you enjoy talking about sport. You don't do this because um, you're going to make any cash out of it at all. Um, in fact, it costs us money because we have to buy kit um, and uh, run the streaming service and all that kind of stuff um, at the end of the day. So if you'd like to support us, 
to help cover those costs, head over to um, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. See, I don't have a Patreon, guys, but um, if you want, just give me money. It's it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll never say that. Um, but yeah, we're going a bit long, Rich, so do you want to skip our questions and just do Paul's question? If you like. Well, before, before we get to my question, we've got one from the... Um... Oh, yeah, true. I forgot that the other people ask questions, too. Sorry. <laughs> for the other people who are actually... Uh, watching the show who we do this for yes. um so anthony wants to know um uh, what's your guys thoughts on the future warriors halves um, playing each other this weekend um will be um live streamed or on sky what do you think it's about, Vol about volkman versus metcalf i believe it is yeah um i forgot to mention that when we were talking about it yeah so um our two future halves potentially um playing each other um for um it's yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be on TV. I, I don't think it will be because um, they haven't really played a lot of them. They play a couple of them on Sky. I haven't been mm -hmm. able to check, so I can't honestly say. But I think it'll be it'll be a great matchup to watch. Um, it'll be good. Um, good to see how they go. And I think Sky Sport, if they've got the ability, it'd be wise for them to put it on if they can, just due to that interest from New Zealanders wanting to see their two um, signings go at it. Um, I just so, so, I, I so, so for the absolute dumb, dumbass people like me who aren't fully up on this. Which game is this? Um, it is the Bears versus the um, the other team, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Um, they're playing like it's like reserve grade, so like the next one down. Um, but yeah, it's I I don't think. Um, yeah, Simon's asking questions I can't answer. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm just trying to look at it. So, Richard, you talk while I'm looking it up. It is the reserve grade New South Wales Cup, isn't it? So, I'm not. I'm not, not even sure what day it's on. I was meaning to look yeah. it up. I, I saw it's, on Facebook that it was their two teams facing off. So, I'm, I'm going to Sunday. Sunday, five o'clock. There you go. So, so it won't. It and, probably won't be it because the Warriors are playing. Warriors at six. game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, there's a it's a good Jets team. Looking at it, um, mm. you got Connor Connor Tracy Akavalu, um out there too. Um, so yeah, it probably won't be on TV here. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know um, I don't know how we'll watch it. I'm sure there'll be a replay we can watch on Sky. Um, um well, Anthony, if you're going to be watching this, then um, why don't you give us a little report? You can do uh, take a little, little quick video on your on your phone, uh, uh, sort of like a sixty second to a two one minute to two minute report on the game, and um, yeah, we can play it during the show. Yeah, so, um, I'll I'll see if I can watch it at some point so I can give some insight if if no one else has it. Um, but yeah, so we'll skip our questions. We can. I don't even know. Uh, we could probably do them next week, judging by the, the draw. I think your question might still be relevant, and mine was always going to be relevant because yeah. I make good questions. So, Paul, do you want to give us your one? Um, and we'll so, it's yes, a question we actually got asked on the Driving Mall show on Monday night, um, which is our rugby union show. Um, so, we've uh, got one viewer who's, who seems to like asking league questions during the union show. Uh, and he tried to ask us who was the best. Uh, union player who crossed over to league and played for the Warriors. Um, and at which point, my, I could the only player I could think of was Lamapi, 
which I thought was a bit, um, uh, perhaps a bit unfair considering he went from school to the Warriors. I didn't play professional rugby first, um, but was a rugby union player before playing league. Um, but uh, and um, as Stephen Harris brought out players like J.K. Um, and uh, um, and a couple of others, but uh, clearly they were past their best um, yeah. when they uh, when they moved over. So, was who was who is the uh, the best ex rugby union player to have played for the um, Warriors? And how he yeah when he was sort of best for the Warriors, not best as a kind of name. I think I think there's really only one answer. Simon's answered it already, and Richard answered it first when we were chatting. So yeah. I'll let Richard take the floor here. Um, yeah, there there are a few. You said Lamapi was one who went from schoolboys. Um, same thing with Roger Tuivasa-Shek, played schoolboys. Um, there were J.K. Mark Ellis, Mark Carter, um, neither Mark of Robinson. Them. Mark, Mark Robinson, Robinson played a game. He played one game for yeah. the Warriors before he went to the UK. Not many of them set the world on fire, but yeah, Matthew Ridge obviously was one who played who played high level union over here in New Zealand before switching to league and had a a glittering career with the Manly Sea Eagles before um, coming over to the Warriors and playing a couple seasons. So I think I think it's got to be Richie. Yeah, and then I had a cheat answer, which was RTS, because technically he was a union player, but he wasn't professional before he went to league, um, and he. This will probably be valid when he comes back to the Warriors at the end of the World Cup and say he was a union player that played for the All Blacks and um, now he's playing for the Warriors and is really great again. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so 37. So, yeah, so um, Matthew Ridge, 37 games, eight tries, 103 goals, 238 points for the um, for the Warriors. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah, so um, we'll leave our questions. We may as well keep them for next week, Richie. Um, were there any other questions? <laughs> um, I'm going to touch on what Simon, Simon just said. John and Mark Ellis, a bunch of bums. Mark Ellis was not a great league player, but what I will give him credit for was bringing eyes to the Warriors. Um, the whole thing with him and Richie and the partnership they developed, it really got a lot of people that weren't watching the Warriors into watching the Warriors. Unfortunately, it just didn't present itself in great performances. Um, it wasn't really suited for him, I'll say. Mm. But, yeah, it's more the eyeballs, which um, I think was more integral. And it was always uh, good seeing Kerwin in a Warriors jersey because I know he hated Union when he first started. Um, he comes from a league family, and he hated being a Union player, but it's what made him famous. I am Frano Bodica. Um yeah, I don't. Frano Bodica, I think, was um, a better league player for Wigan than he was for the New Zealand yeah. Warriors. Um, so I didn't. I had him in there as a thought, but um, yeah, the question was solely based on being a warrior. Um, but yeah, Frano Bodica was a great player in both codes. Yeah, didn't actually play. Yeah, didn't didn't play for um, for the Warriors at all. Frano Bodica, yeah, he did. They're, they're probably called Auckland Warriors on your oh, called, oh, maybe, Okay, Auckland, five games. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't play a lot, but he, he for Wigan, he he was big. Um, if you went into oh, yeah. all, all of them, there's everything out. Inga the winger was a great player for Wigan as well. Um, but yeah, wrong, wrong Warriors team. 
Um, so yeah, thanks for all the questions there, and hopefully we answered them the best we could. Um, we may as well jump straight into round nine and our picks. Simon gave his tips um, during the show, so I, I jotted them down. Um, the only one I don't have is yours, Richie. So um, I'll Easy. write them down as we go. Thursday yep. night, we've got Rabbitohs Broncos. Simon and myself have both gone with the Rabbitohs. Um, I think the the Broncos showed some improvement, but I think the Rabbitohs, um, they're playing at home as well. Mm. Um, I think they should get the job done here. Yeah, I put Rabbitohs as well. I think it'd be a good game, though. Um, I think it could be a tight one. Yeah. Uh, first game on Friday, we got Raiders Bulldogs. Ooh, I, I was tossing and turning on this one, but I've gone with the Raiders. Simon's gone with the Raiders as well. Um, I think I'm just giving it hometown advantage and hoping that they get enough points in the first half to survive the second. I went the dogs. I went the other way. Oh, I think yeah. I think with Whiten being in a bit of trouble, I yeah, I think I feel like yeah. the Raiders are in a bit of a hole. So I call them the dogs. I almost switched it about two hours ago, so I'm happy that I didn't. So we've got some differences here. Yeah. Um, Final game on Friday is Panthers-Eels. I've put Panthers. I, I I expect the Eels will do a bounce back from that embarrassing performance, but I don't think they're anywhere near good enough for the to beat the Panthers right now. So Simon's picked Panthers as well. Yeah, the Eels get a couple of players back and Dylan Brown back to the halves. So I think this will be a cracker game, but I put Panthers as well. I thought you were going to say you picked the Eels. I was like, yes. No. Um, first game on Saturday, we have Seagulls Tigers. Um, I've gone with Seagulls, so is Simon. Um, I think Seagulls have got some good players coming back, and um, I think even without that, I think the they would have too much for the Tigers. But I'm hoping that it's a good outcome. I don't want to see the Tigers get um, the floor um, pulled out from under them. But Tommy Turbo's back, so they should get a win. Mm. Yep, I put Seagulls. Yeah. Okay, next game we have the Roosters Titans. Um, Roosters are all sixes and sevens right now, but I have backed them here. I think the Titans without David Fafita are going to struggle, and Simon's backed the Roosters as well. I back the Roosters. They, yeah, they've had a tough few weeks, but surely they bounce back here. And Callum said, "Who's who is Simon? Simon's our our, our loyal listener that's been with me since day dot." And I, I think he's uh, been with you everywhere, hasn't he, Paul? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so, so Simon's a loyal listener. He listens on uh, YouTube, Callum, while you listen on Facebook, which is why you don't see him in the uh, the live chat. Uh, and, uh, yeah, someone that uh, I've met in Rotorua at games as well. So, yeah, uh, an avid sports fan who uh, – yeah, an encyclopedia of, uh, of knowledge. Yeah, does all our all our work for us. Um Next game up, the, the final game on Saturday night is Cowboys versus Knights. Um, I have gone with Cowboys, so is Simon. Um, I think the Cowboys are looking really good right now, and the Knights just don't. So easy for me there. Yeah, same. Cowboys easily. All right, so hold on. I'm just writing that down. Uh, next game is Storm versus Dragons, and I think the Storm should stroll home with this one. It should be a new record. Um Simon has thought the same. So are you are you back in the Dragons or, or are you going with Storm? Um, the Dragons, if you remember back, actually put up quite a good fight against the Panthers earlier on in the season. So I don't know about blown away. Well, it's the Storm, so it could be blown away. I've gone Storm. I always go Storm. 
Um, and in the final game, most important game of the round, Sharks first Warriors. Simon, he's twisting the knife on us. He has picked the Sharks. Unfortunately, I have joined him, and I have picked the Sharks as well. I am really worried about Talakai. I know we talked a lot about how you stop Talakai, um, but the the Warriors centers aren't the biggest around, and I can just see Talakai running over. Um, I think it might be Valia marking him as of right now, and I could just see him running over Valia um, left, right, and center. I'm hoping that's not the case. It's the, always the game that I want to get wrong if I'm picking against the Warriors, but I'm going with Sharks. It's not so much the size of the Warriors' centres that, that worries me in the matchup against Talakai. It's more the fact that our centres aren't the best defensively. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've gone Sharks as well. I feel dirty saying it. I went Sharks. All right, so that's our picks. Looking at it, Simon and myself have gone exactly the same. Um, and the only game different between the rest of us is the Bulldogs Raiders. Let's go, Doggies. So, so potentially we could have you and I on level at the end of the round if the Bulldogs get the job done. Um, and if the Raiders get the job done, Simon will get closer to catching up to you again. So um, we'll be interesting to see. And hopefully hopefully it's a crack around because it's always good to talk about a, a more exciting round when it comes to our show next week. Um, we are running long, but I'm going to do a quick one on Super League because I'm the boss here, Paul. Um, St. Helens and Wigan are still on equal points at the top of the ladder. St. Helens take the top spot with an impressive positive 166 points differential. Um, in saying that, Wigan also have 80 points points differential. It's so really well. Um, they both won their games. St. Helens beat Salford 14-10. Wigan wiped the full with Warrington 40-22. Um, other big games, there are a few big games in there. Catalans defeated Castleford 44-12. Hull FC defeated Toulouse 48-12. And then I suppose the other games I should talk about. Huddersfield defeated Wakefield 14-12. And Leeds defeated Hull KR 12-0. Um, so a few one-sided affairs in there and a few tight contests. They take a week off next week because it's the Challenge Cup time. So we'll definitely have to talk about this next week because we'll be on to the final. But we've got Wigan versus St. Helens and Hull KR versus Huddersfield. And then they'll go on for the final at the end of this month. So um, we will touch on the Challenge Cup semis next week for sure. I'll make sure of it. Um, we'll just make sure that I don't talk for too long in all the <laughs> other segments. Um, so anything else you want to add, Richie or Paul, in the background? Give us your quick prediction for those Challenge Cup semis. Um, oh, I think Huddersfield will beat Hull KR, and I'm going to go with Wigan over St. Helens, but everything's saying St. Helens will probably get the job done there. It feels like it's a crime they have to face each other in the semi. It seems to have mm. final written all over it. But, yeah, I'm going with Wigan because I'm a Wigan fan and I'm biased, and I can't go against the Warriors versus Sharks and then go against Wigan. So I've got to pick one, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how much St. Helens beats them by when we talk about it next week. Um <laughs> Okay, so that's it. That's all you had? Yeah, yeah. That's all I had, mate. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Remember to tune in to our show next week at 8 p.m. New Zealand time here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers for helping in the background, Paul, and for Thanks, asking Paul. some questions. Um, cheers for joining me again tonight, Richie, and good night, everyone.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.